Sup, you beautiful bastards. Hope you having a fantastic Monday. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show, and let's just jump into it. And the first thing we're gonna talk about today is we had two pieces of big industry news, and in fact, one of which it's very likely is going to completely take over the entertainment news cycle for about the next week and a half. First up, we have the new Shane Dawson series, The Mind of Jake Paul, releasing tomorrow. The internet will be watching. Really, the only question is how much of the internet? As many have pointed out, including Tube Filter, the Jeffree Star series got over 61 million views. And arguably the focus of his new series, Jake Paul, is even more polarizing than any topic he has covered before. And then when you pair that with the extended trailer that he released on Friday, it's, this seems like it's gonna be something different. Because there are several pieces of footage in there, and granted, this could be because Shane Dawson is a fantastic entertainer and he knows how to, how to tell a story and how to prep a story. But there are parts in there that make me question how much of this was filmed without people realizing that they were being filmed. There's a small bit with Nick Crompton, who's a former executive of Team 10. Well, I'm not suggesting putting a secret camera if that's what you're trying to get on me just then oh no there's a previous clip of he's going to be mad when he finds out what this is really about what are you worried about the most and he's going to be mad when he finds out what this series is actually about there are also several clips where it appears that whatever is the focus of what is being filmed all of a sudden the camera pulls away but seemingly the camera is still on and left recording and as two filter also points out in their article that addresses potentially hidden cameras at the beginning of the extended trailer shane mentions that this sounds really shady and he's never done anything like this before and that could seemingly be in reference to releasing footage that the polls are not aware of and this is going to be fascinating not only to watch but to see what comes from it. Then in other industry news, we had the likes of Logan Paul in Forbes. This because of a public back and forth between he and UFC president Dana White. Of course, since the YouTube celebrity boxing match between he and KSI, there's been a lot of attention, a lot of talk of, well, what if Logan Paul actually went to the UFC? After that successful pay-per-view, there is no denying that his name comes with a price tag. And it's not like just randoms were talking about it. You had people who had fought in the UFC, not only saying that it was a good idea, some saying, I'd like to fight you. But when Dana was asked about Logan Paul, he said, this. That, that guy would get murdered here. He would get hurt badly. Hurt badly. Yeah. If if I ever let him fight in the UFC, I should be arrested. Okay. And everybody's gonna go. You let CM Punk fight in the UFC. No, no hate for the kid. Good for him, man. Look, I mean, look at look at the business that guy has built on YouTube and and the uh, the number of pay per views they did on YouTube. You know, they did eight hundred thousand to ten bucks, but. Trust me, don't don't play around over here. You will you will get hurt. And following that, Logan Paul responded, Damn, you're thinking real simple, D. Quote, he would get hurt badly. And as Dana White correctly predicted, he went on to say, let CM fight. Stop acting like you do it for the sport. Paycheck equals fight. You have no idea what I'm capable of. And following that, what I do want to say is, while everyone who says, well, you let CM Punk fight, they have a very valid point. He fought twice. The first time was incredibly disappointing. The second time looked like the guy lost a bet, and because he lost the bet, he had to fight. It wasn't entertaining, and it ended up just being kind of a really sad experience. And so if anything, the CM Punk situation is the reason why you would not repeat that situation. You tried it, it didn't work. Well, let me put it this way. If you, for some reason, I'm not judging you, you decide it's a good idea that you're gonna try to fuck a jar filled with wasps. And surprise, surprise, it turns out that was a horrible idea. When someone then comes around with a jar of hornets for you to fuck, it is not then an argument of, well, you did that thing before. What about the wasps? Yeah, the wasps confirmed my fear that it was a bad idea, so no. Although, that said, I do think that Logan Paul is somewhat of a different situation and uh, Dana White, please, please, please let a Sage Northcutt or someone of his caliber fight Logan Paul. Who knows? Hornets may be gentle lovers, Dana. Or at the very least, a boost to non-McGregor pay-per-view numbers. But also, he would know better. I'm an outsider looking in. But a question I do want to pass off to you. And it's not the, what do you think about this fight? Because the people that would pay would pay and then a ton of the people that didn't pay would just watch it afterwards or pirate it. Regarding the Shane Dawson series, because obviously everything we're talking about right now is just kind of predictions, conjecture, 
based off of what you've seen so far, do you think that it is going to be a deep dive and possible kind of expose video on Jake Paul and or people connected to him? Or are you of the mindset that the, the kind of the promo for this has been clickbait orchestrated? It's going to be a piece that humanizes not only Jake Paul, but people in that kind of ridiculous situation? And also, if it turns out that is the case, would you be open to that or would it affect your opinion of Shane Dawson? Because really, no matter what he does with the series, I mean, it, <laughs> It's risky either way. But that's the question I want to leave with you there. And then I want to talk about, uh, as we get closer to the midterms, we're going to see more and more smaller stories make nationwide news. We saw an example of that over the weekend coming from Arizona, specifically Arizona's fourth district, where you have the Republican incumbent, Paul A. Gozar, going against the Democrat, David Brill. And it was kind of surprising that there was any midterm news coming out of Arizona's fourth, because unless there is some sort of miracle, Gozar is going to win. I mean, 538.com has him as the 99.9% .9 favorite. The forecasted vote is expected to be 64% Gosar, 32.1% Brill. Well, the reason we're talking about this is Brill put out an attack ad against Gosar that has gone viral, and I'll, I'll just let you watch it so you understand why. None of this is pleasant for any of us. It's horrible to have to do this. To speak up against my brother, it brings sadness to me. This isn't just about Paul. This is about their family. I think my brother has traded a lot of the values we had at, the, at our kitchen table. I couldn't be quiet any longer, nor should any of us be. We gotta stand up for our good name. This is not who we are. It's intervention time. And intervention time means that you go to vote and you go to vote Paul out. My name is Tim Gosar. My name is Jennifer Gosar. Gaston Gosar. Joan Gosar. Grace Gosar. David Gosar. Paul Gosar is my brother. My brother. My brother. And I endorse Dr. Brill. Dr. Brill. Dr. Brill. And I wholeheartedly endorse Dr. David Brill for Congress. I'm Dr. David Brill, and I approve this message. Brill got Gozar's family to denounce their brother and endorse him. I saw this ad being spread with the, the term petty attached to it. It's not petty. That is that is cold and serious. Now, following this, Paul has responded on Twitter saying, My siblings who chose to film ads against me are all liberal Democrats who hate President Trump. These disgruntled Hillary supporters are related by blood to me, but like leftists everywhere, they put political ideology before family. Stalin would be proud. Then going on to say, you can't pick your family. We all have crazy aunts and relatives, etc., and my family is no different. I hope they find peace in their hearts and let go all the hate. To the six angry Democrat Gosar, see you at mom and dad's house. And ultimately, that is where we are with this situation. And like I said, Gosar has such a massive lead right now. This likely does not change anything. But also on that note, it kind of hits on how much his brothers and sisters must really hate him and what he's doing to be like, you know what? It's probably not gonna change a thing, but let's give him the middle finger in the most public of ways. And really, no matter where you land on this story, it kind of makes me thankful that I grew up an only child. From that, I I want to share some stuff I love today and today and awesome brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a domain, a website, an online store, make it with Squarespace. And if you're not familiar, it's just so easy to create a beautiful website with Squarespace's all-in-one platform. It's intuitive, it's easy. You have nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. You can use their fantastic templates as is or just use them as a starting point. And so if you want to check it out like many from the nation already have, just start your free trial at squarespace.com phil. And when you realize you love it, you can enter in offer code phil for 10% off your first purchase. And the first bit of awesome today is not something 
something that is just is super, super fun, fun. It's kind of a new behind the scenes thing we've been doing over at youtube.com slash D. Highly recommend you subscribe to that channel. We've started doing these interviews with people that work at my company, Rogue Rocket. The last one we did was with our head of security, Adam. That was so well received, he decided to do it again. And this time we did it with one of our fantastic newer editors, Jason. It is a very raw, real roller coaster of a conversation. But that's also why I recommend that after today's show, if you want to essentially watch something or you could listen to it as a podcast, click the link in the description down below and check it out. Then we had Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish playing Truth or Dab on Hot Ones. We had Garrett Watts breaking down his favorite Instagram follows. We had Rosanna Pansino reviewing the internet's most popular food videos. We got a trailer for Bumblebee. We got a new Lucas the Spider. We also had Casey Neistat dropping his trailer for the documentary around Sean Mendez. And if you want to see the full versions of everything I just shared, the secret link of the day, really anything at all, links as always are in the description down below. And then let's talk about some big pieces of business news. First up, we're seeing reports from several outlets that Michael Kors is reportedly very close to buying Versace for around $2 billion. But also according to reports, the Versace family will maintain its role with the company. But in general, this just appears to be more and more of the company owning more and more of the space. Last year, they acquired Jimmy Choo. Then on top of that, we got the news that Sirius XM is purchasing Pandora for $3.5 billion. According to the company, the deal will create the world's largest audio entertainment company. But then that third piece of business news was not happy, and that news involves Telltale Games. On Friday, Telltale Games released a shocking statement, writing, today, Telltale Games made the difficult decision to begin a majority studio closure following a year marked by insurmountable challenges. A majority of the company's employees were dismissed earlier this morning, with a small group of 25 employees staying on to fulfill the company's obligation to its board and partners. And CEO Pete Hawley also issued a statement where he said, we released some of our best content this year and received a tremendous amount of positive feedback, but ultimately that did not translate to sales. And I, like most everyone else, was shocked by this news. I mean, it seemed like from the outside looking in that Telltale Games had a winning model. I mean, once they came out with the Walking Dead series back in 2012, it just blew up. Now, as far as what this means for the games that they were planning on making, they were currently trying to make, it means that they're likely going to be canceled. And so that could include more episodes of the final season of The Walking Dead, which kicked off last month. Episode two of the season will be dropping tomorrow, but episode three and four, as of right now, according to Variety, are uncertain with other places saying it's just outright canceled. But on top of that, yesterday we saw Melissa Hutchinson take to Twitter. She's the actor that plays Clementine. And she wrote, to my knowledge, they will release episode two and then that will be it. Also, as of right now, things aren't sounding too good for other future titles, including Wolf Among Us 2, Game of Thrones season two, an untitled Stranger Things Telltale series. But also the 25 remaining employees at Telltale are reportedly finishing the Netflix Minecraft Story Mode interactive series. And we saw a spokesperson for Netflix saying Minecraft Story Mode is still moving forward as planned. And adding, we are in the process of evaluating other options for bringing the Stranger Things universe to life in an interactive media. And as I mentioned before, while this was shocking to me and many others, looking into the situation now, it appears that the signs were there. In March, there was news that broke the Telltale subjected its employees to poor working conditions. Allegedly, the studio pushing employees to work long hours and the company had an overall toxic and chaotic work environment. And according to US Gamer, a source said that, quote, at one point, there was a quote printed on paper on one of the creative director's doors that read something to the tune of. It's not about how much time you need to make a good game. It's about how good of a game you can make with the time you have. Then in June, Telltale's former chief executive, Kevin Bruner, sued the company. Reportedly, Bruner was pushed out by board members who wanted to change the company's business model. And on top of that, you also had people blaming Bruner for the poor work environment established at Telltale. And Bruner released his own statement following the news about the company closing down. He says, today is a very, very sad day. He mentions how he and the board of directors had very different visions, calling it one of the hardest times of his professional life. And he goes on to say, prior to my leaving, we were able to avoid sweeping layoffs and somehow managed to ensure that we always had work for everyone. We worked hard and sometimes it seemed like we had more than we could handle, but we stuck together and forged ahead. Today, I'm mostly saddened for the people who are losing their jobs at a studio they love. And I'm also saddened at the loss of a studio that greenlit crazy ideas that no one else would consider. I'm comforted a bit knowing there are now so many new talented people in studios creating games in the evolving 
narrative genre. And for now, that's really the end of this story. And I will say, as someone that did, I didn't play all of their games, which I think you know, a lot of their business model is based off of taking advantage of already existing communities. I am also sad because they are the company that gave me such a, a fun, interesting, different experience with the Walking Dead series. And it's sad that the company that gave me one of those experiences is failing now. Right, I know I'm losing half the audience that doesn't really connect with games, but for the people that do, you know, there are a ton of games that are enjoyable, but there are very few that, that really stand out on an emotional connection level. And the, the Clementine Lee thing, that I will always remember that. Same as the how, how much the relationship in The Last of Us stood out, or the, oh man, the would you kindly reveal Adam in Bioshock? I don't know, after the fact, all of a sudden I, see, I feel randomly connected to this company that I was not invested in otherwise. I don't know anyone else that works there, but uh, yeah, I guess if there's a place that I wanna end here, it's just thank you to the people that, that worked on that series and gave us so much entertainment. I hope you all land on your feet. And then let's talk about all of this news around Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. And a big chunk of this involves what happened Friday. And that's because on Friday, the New York Times published a story titled, Rod Rosenstein suggested secretly recording Trump and discuss 25th Amendment. And in that article, it says Rosenstein allegedly tried to enlist cabinet members to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove Trump from office. And for those unfamiliar, the 25th Amendment allows the president to be removed from office if the vice president and a majority of the cabinet determines he or she is unable to discharge the powers and duties of the office. And according to this report, Rosenstein made those suggestions just two weeks after becoming deputy attorney general. And at that time, he had just started overseeing the Russia investigation because as you most likely remember, attorney general Jeff Sessions recused himself, a move that Trump's been very vocally unhappy about. But also during that time, it's important to remember in those first few weeks, Rosenstein played a huge role in Trump's dismissal of James Comey. Comey, of course, at the time was the director of the FBI, and it was Rosenstein who drafted a memo critical of how Comey handled the Hillary Clinton email investigation. And it was that memo that Trump publicly cited as the cause for Comey's termination. And reportedly, that caught Rosenstein off guard. In June, the New York Times even reporting that Rosenstein felt used by the White House in the Comey fire. The New York Times writing, he alternately defended his involvement, expressed remorse that the White House manipulated him, and said the full story would vindicate him. This reportedly coming from people who in recent weeks described the previously undisclosed episodes. And according to the piece, it was during that whole time that he made these comments. And as far as who these sources are, the Times reported that the sources were people who were briefed either on the events themselves or on memos written by FBI officials, including Andrew G. McKay, who at that time was the acting bureau director that documented Mr. Rosenstein's actions and comments. Now, following this coming out, Rosenstein issued a denial, telling Fox News the New York Times' story is inaccurate and factually incorrect, adding, I will not further comment on a story based on anonymous sources who are obviously biased against the department and are advancing their own personal agenda. But let me be clear about this. Based on my personal dealings with the president, there is no basis to invoke the 25th Amendment. Also, according to reports, Fox News had a source of their own, though the source did not say Rosenstein never said this. Instead, the source saying that they were in the room when Rosenstein did make the comment about wearing a wire, but quote, the statement was sarcastic and was never discussed with any intention of recording a conversation with the president. And after this story broke, he had some Democrats worry that the White House would use the article to fire Rosenstein. Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer saying on Friday, this story must not be used as a pretext for the corrupt purpose of firing Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein in order to install an official who will allow the president to interfere with the special counsel's investigation. And all of that brings us to this morning where we saw reports breaking that Rosenstein would be out of a job today. He was reportedly summoned to the White House, although Trump is in Washington at the moment. He's currently in New York for the UN General Assembly session. But regarding Rosenstein, we saw conflicting reports, some saying that he would offer his resignation in the meeting, others saying Rosenstein expected to be fired. And in fact, you had Axios reporting that Rod Rosenstein verbally offered to resign. This in discussions with White House Chief of Staff Kelly. But they also reported that it's unclear if that resignation was accepted. And on the other side, you had Pete Williams of NBC News reporting that Rosenstein would only leave the White House if he was fired and would not resign if requested. But as far as right now, it appears that Rosenstein still does have that job. And regarding Rosenstein, you had Sarah Sanders releasing a statement reading, at the request of Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, he and President Trump had an extended conversation to discuss the recent news stories. 
Because the president is at the United Nations General Assembly and has a full schedule with leaders from around the world, they will meet on Thursday when the president returns to Washington, D.C. So that's where we are as of right now. As far as what happens next, the tentative date is we will find out on Thursday. But really, when, when discussing anything in this political climate, it, expect the unexpected, and we'll just have to wait to see what happens next. But I do also want to pass the question off to you. What is your takeaway from all of this? We have reports, denials, contradicting stories. Any and all thoughts you have on this one, I'd love to see in those comments down below. And that's where I'm going to end today's show. And remember, with this being the PDS, I also want this to be a conversation. So whether it be the last story, the first story, anything in between, let me know what you're thinking in those comments down below. Also, while you're at it, if you like these daily dives into the news, hit that like button. If you're new here, hit that subscribe button. But that said, of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love your faces and I'll see you tomorrow.